Hey CEO, I have an important question for you today. Are you running your business or is your business running you? If it's time to get your business in order so you can fully step into your role as a confident, in-control CEO, then I want to invite you to this advanced training series that I'm hosting live on May 20th through May 24th. We're calling it the 90 Day CEO Sustainable Success Series. And over these four days, we're gonna break down our research-backed, client-proven process to help you sustainably scale your business without hustling, without overworking, and without burnout. If you've been winging it in your business, hoping that you'll eventually get caught up and telling everyone in your life that when things calm down, you'll be a real functioning human again, this series is especially for you so that you can reclaim your life as you scale up your business. All you have to do is head over to theceocollective.com slash success and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. One of the biggest challenges so many women entrepreneurs face is the fear of visibility. When we make ourselves visible, we open ourselves up to criticism or negativity. And in today's guest's case, online bullying. I wanted to dive into this conversation because I know so many women entrepreneurs are terrified of the negative parts of showing up and becoming more visible. So I invited Megan Ford, amazing parenting coach from Be Kind Coaching, to come and share her story of how she overcame an online bully. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs to start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy systems and support in place to make it happen. Join me every week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Welcome back to another CEO confession. I am so excited about this series of interviews because I really wanted to share the dark side, the hard parts of being an entrepreneur, the things that we are struggling with that make us feel so lonely and so isolated and like a failure because honestly, these are not the things that make it to our Instagram highlight reel. This is the hard stuff that no one really wants to talk about publicly, but that we are all dealing with. And when we hear these stories, or at least when I hear these stories, it makes me feel less alone. So I want to let you know that this series is brought to you by my partnership with Bench Bookkeeping. If you haven't heard of Bench, I want you to head over to rachelcook.com slash bench because I have set up a partnership with them that gives you a 20% off discount for your first six months of bookkeeping with them. One of the things we never talk about is money and how hard it can be to actually manage our money and run our money like a real CEO, make sure we're taking care of the money side of our business. And that's why I reached out to them and partnered with them to sponsor this entire series. So if getting your money handled and feeling like a boss in the money side of your business is a big priority for 2020, head over to rachelcook.com slash bench. Today's interview is so important to me to talk about because we often 
neglect to talk about the dark side of visibility. What happens when you show up more, when you put your face out there? I know when I was really getting my business to the point where I needed to get out in front of new audiences, people who didn't already know me, I was so incredibly nervous. I didn't even want to do a photo shoot. In fact, I did a photo shoot probably around 2012 and did not do another photo shoot until 2016 because I was so hard on myself. I was so critical of myself and I was really nervous, honestly, about putting myself out there. What would people say if they saw photos of a plus size mom of three, wrinkles and all, gray hair and all, showing up on their Facebook feed. Would they criticize me? Would they say things about my weight? Would they say I'm not pretty enough or I'm not thin enough to be showing up as a leader for women entrepreneurs? And my greatest fears were realized. I was using photos from that photo shoot I did in 2016, actually, to run Facebook ads And we were running Facebook ads to a free challenge I was running. And I remember one day I made the mistake of looking at the comments on those ads. And somebody commented about my weight on the ads. And I wanted to go hide under a rock. My first instinct was to hide the ad. They were right. They had spoken directly to my own biggest criticism about myself. We really are our biggest bully. We really are our biggest critic. So I had to get over that one. And that was just a negative comment from someone who did not know me at all, who was never going to be a client, who was not a perfect fit. They're just one of those mean people, a troll online. Today, I'm having this conversation with Megan Ford, a parenting coach. Her company is called Be Kind Coaching because she made a commitment to show up and be visible and share her message And it resulted in a serious online bully, someone who was seriously harassing her. And she has such an amazing story about how she was able to turn this around for herself, reframe it and use it as a mechanism to rocket fuel her entire business and the way she thinks about showing up in the world now. I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation and hear your feedback and your insights. Welcome everyone to this very special episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. I have another CEO confession today with Megan Ford, who is the founder of Be Kind Coaching. She is one of the most talented parenting coaches I have ever had the pleasure of getting to know. She has been a client and I've also been a client of hers. And She has just such an amazing story of overcoming people being negative to her on the internet and not just being negative, but flat out bullying her on the internet. And that's why I wanted to invite you, Megan, to share your story today, because I know for so many women, we have this fear of negativity, of criticism, of people saying something to us. Um, that shuts a lot of women down. So we're going to get into it. Welcome, Megan. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, thank you. It it was, feels a little bit surreal surreal hearing those words come from you, uh, thinking about this entire journey. So I am so excited, so honored, and so uh, grateful to be here talking about this. Well, I remember when you and I first met, you're based here in Richmond along mm-hmm. with me, 
And it was actually the first year I was running the plan your best year ever challenge. And I invited people who were in Richmond to come over and we were just going to do a quick live into the Facebook group. So you pulled up to my house and it was the first time we got to know each other and we had a great conversation. And afterwards we were chatting and you had just pretty much in the last few months, it had been mm-hmm. only like six months since you started your business. So I two. love you to just- it was two. Two months. It was very recently after you started your business and then suddenly you're hanging out in my office on my sofa. Um, so I'd love to know a little bit. Can you just share a little bit about your whole getting started as a parenting coach and where you, your business came from? Yeah, the, the abridged version is I, um, I was a preschool teacher for my entire life for 14 years. That's what I identified with. And I got to a point where I was just constantly feeling so frustrated and not at the children, not at the, uh, not at the parents, but at the other teachers I was with, with the systems I was kind of forced into that. I just was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't what it's supposed to be. And that earlier that January I was driving down the road with my husband, just saying like, I have anxiety. I have straight up anxiety and I'm not a typically anxious person. And I just said, I don't want to go to work. And he was like, what? Like, what? Like, you're the Pied Piper of children. This doesn't make any sense. And we kind of dug into that. And he was like, what is it that you love to do? And I said, I love it when a parent comes to me and says, my kid won't fill in the blank, won't go to school, won't eat, won't go to bed, won't uh, be nice, won't, um, you know, do their work. And it comes from this place where this identity of like, oh, I'm broken or they're broken. And I love to be like, no, 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 no one's broken. We just have to figure out how to communicate together. And he said, why don't you just do that then? And I was like, that's not even a thing, Jason. Like, that's not even a thing. Like, nobody does that. And I was so snarky to him. I just remember just so snarky turning and Googling how to help parents be better parents. And like this Google ad popped up before I knew anything about any advertising or retargeting anything popped up and said, become a parent coach. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. Like I had no idea. And then I was like, oh, this is totally me. And so I came back and it just had planted the seed that I was like, I'm going to become a parent coach. I started telling people about it, started doing some research about it. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is you go for it. And I just had no idea that like any of this, any of this, even like podcasts, like I had no idea about any of this. And so, um, a friend of mine, Amanda actually had reached out and said, you should take, um, the, your free challenge, the, uh, fired up and focused challenge. And so I was like, okay, tell me about this. And I registered and did it. And I was like, my mind was just like constantly being blown. And I remember sitting in my bedroom with like, I don't know, maybe $300 in my bank account. And like the, 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 the sequence for joining sweet spot strategy came in and I was like, how, how am I going to do this? Like at the time I was working full time and I was like, how, how, what, what? And I remember it got to that last, like that last email and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I just did it. Payment plan came down and I told Jason, my husband, I'm a business owner now. I'm going to do this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in. And that opened up such a a Pandora's box almost of just like constantly going through all the layers and constantly growing. So it really did all start with you and just me being open to saying, I don't know what this is going to bring, but I'm just going to keep taking the steps. It's been so amazing to watch this unfold for you because 
you went through my training and then I started um, seeing you join some other people's communities and you were starting to thrive there. And as you were learning, I mean, all the things that go into being an entrepreneur, because it's a lot, we recognize like so much, (laughs) it is such a learning curve and people underestimate all the things you need to know and all the things that go into it. It's a lot. <laughs> oh, I certainly did too. I thought like, oh, like this is what I had in my head. I'm going to sit in an office, in my nice office. I'm going to meet parents and we're just going to talk so like, we're just going to talk, talk about their children and then they're going to leave, wash, rinse, repeat, like easy peasy. And then I was like, uh, <laughs> wait, marketing, uh, finance, uh, law, like all of the things come at you. And, and then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm spending like a little bit of time talking to parents and a lot of bit of time learning all of the other stuff. Yeah. And thankfully, I mean, you were already very skilled as someone who can facilitate those conversations with parents and their kids. Mm-hmm. And so you came to the table with this amazing talent and skill set and experience working with children. So plugging in the other pieces took a lot, but you started doing it. And I loved when you started getting on Instagram because that seemed to be your channel. And I remember when Instagram stories first came out, you were jumping on it. Uh, I love that. That's what it looks like Um, behind the scenes. I'll be real behind the scenes. Um, At the time, my husband and I lived in a house and we had a, um, a roommate and her name was Danielle. And I would see her consuming Instagram stories and she was buying, I saw that she was buying lip scents, like the lipstick. She's buying lip scents off of this woman that she met on Instagram. Um, she was buying nail polish from people she followed on Instagram. And when I would ask her about these people, she was like, oh, I don't know. This is woman in Missouri. Oh, I don't know. It's just, you know, this person that I just follow. I just like her. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, stories. You should do stories. It's so good. So I studied her as a consumer. And smart. I watched her not in this business sense, not in this business lens. I just watched her every evening, come home, eat her dinner, sit on the couch. And while we were watching TV, she would just flip on the stories. And when she and I did um, a vision board, actually, I'm looking right over at it. We did a vision board that year. And she was the person who said, you should do an Instagram story about this. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. She's like, yeah, you just do it. Let me, like, let me help you. And I literally passed my phone to her and said, you do it you know what people want. And then I just watched her do it. And then I was like, Oh, I can do this. It's not that scary, but I think it's, um, yeah. So I love that it looks effortless, but, uh, on the other side, there was a lot, there's probably, probably two months of studying her before I was like, all right, game on. And then when I did it, then I was like, Oh, the game is on. (laughs) Then you found your channel. Yes. Okay. So I remember when I was watching you on Instagram stories and you know, because I'm a strategist, people are always asking me like, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? And so I was referencing people. I was like, go watch what Megan is doing because she's entertaining. She's educational. I really liked how you were bringing question and answer to your stories and not just showing, I think a lot of people just show like day in the life behind the scenes, but you were providing real value Mm -hmm. to people which was amazing. And I still, anybody, if you need some stories to follow (laughs) now that Megan is back from her social media break, I highly recommend following her on, on Instagram stories, especially. Um, but it is elevating your visibility when you are promoting yourself through 
social media. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're really getting into the meat of our conversation today, because I want to talk about visibility and what that felt like as you were starting to get more people following you, both people that you knew and didn't know, and then how we ended up in the bully situation. Yes. So (laughs) I think with visibility, again, you think that it's going to be one thing like, oh, it's going to be this easy thing. And then you don't realize that it's going to um, challenge you to grow in ways that you weren't even thinking that you would have to go there. Yeah. And yeah, so much so. So when you started getting more visible, were you nervous about showing up more consistently? Did you have any hesitations about like getting on a camera and talking to people? (laughs) So yes, I would do a live, watch the live, make Jason watch the live, make Danielle watch the live until I would say, was this good? Did this make sense? How many times did I say, um, again, studying myself? Like, so I wanted to kind of remove that like cringe factor. So after again, probably about two months of doing it and committing to it, then, then it felt good. So what happened for you as people started showing up more into your world? What, what did it feel like when you started having people you didn't know connecting Mm -hmm. with you on social media? Yeah, that felt one like weird that something I could say could feel like, feel like that could move someone could be like, Oh, inspiration. And I was, that was heavy for me. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm just sharing what I know. Like no big deal. Um, And Instagram always felt so good that I then tried to do the same thing on Facebook. And when that bridge went from Instagram to Facebook, that's where a lot of things, like I learned how to show up differently on different platforms because there's a different audience on different platforms. So my Instagram account, I could show up on stories. I could have like everybody being like heart emojis. Yes, yes, give me more. Tell it to me like it is. Like they, they were the audience I was cultivating that was so ready for it. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to transition that back to Facebook, that was when I realized like, oh, this is different. And there's different people who are watching and consuming my content on there. So I find that as well. And I find that Instagram, people curate their feed much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that the people on Instagram are very much in alignment with what I am doing and what I'm up to. Um, and usually that's because they already had a relationship with me when they came to my Instagram feed or they were referred from someone like someone shared my name and said, you need to go follow Rachel. So there's that level of connection. And on Facebook, it's so different. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is because our feeds are not as curated on Facebook. And there's this hodgepodge of like family, friends, college roommates, like everyone, you know, can find you on Facebook, which kind of change. It does change the dynamic a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't expect that. Okay. So when you started playing with Facebook, what was happening on your community with, with Facebook? Yeah. Facebook felt weird. It felt different. I think that there's just a lot more, like you said, people can just share things that are not maybe, it's just a different platform. And I would see that people would like and comment. And so I started to show up more bold there. And as I was showing up more bold on my Instagram account and getting really good reception, really good feedback, really good, like my growth was happening and I felt more confident when I pivoted that and took that confidence onto Facebook, I was met with 
some, a lot of people who are like, yes, I'm here for it. Like bring this on the Facebook. Like I love seeing this on my feed. This is refreshing. Um, but it also then brought out the people who were not interested in that. <laughs> so let's talk about bold messaging for a second, because I think from a marketing perspective, this is really important. It's so easy to just put out content that is very appeasable to everybody. You know, like this is very acceptable across the board. There's no real controversy here. But the minute you put out an opinion or make a bold stance, it is polarizing. Like people are either going to be super attracted to that because it resonates on some level, or they're literally going to be repelled from it. Like, no, this does not fit with my current system of beliefs and values. So that's what happened when you shared a very specific post. Um, and I would like you to talk about that post. But it was a, <laughs> it was shared off of a, I'm, I'm probably going to mess this up. Like an influencer had created mm -hmm. a video mm -hmm. and then you wrote a commentary about it and shared the video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you, you actually commented on that original post, didn't you? Yeah. 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 When it was happening live. Yeah. So I, was getting bolder and sharing. And I um, was researching a challenge that I was doing called the five days of less yelling challenge. And so because of the algorithm, I kept getting fed messages and influencer videos of other people like making comedy of yelling at children, which is against my platform. And so this one video I was watching shared it and I just wrote, and I, so I remember the words. It just said, hey, if this is you, I want you to know that this doesn't have to be you. Your children don't like you yelling at them. I'm going to guess that you don't like yelling at your children. If you're interested, please feel free to reach out to me. I have resources. It was a very generic comment. Like my commentary wasn't even that like, it didn't mention my business. It didn't mention parent coaching. It didn't mention bad parenting. It just said like, hey, if this is you and, you, and you, you're stuck here, I want you to know that there's hope. And there were a, a lot of my clients, I remember you commented like, yes, I love seeing this. I'm not a fan of all like this kind of stuff. And then there was a woman who worked with my husband and I at the time was over the weekend. I was away with two of my best friends uh, away for the weekend and she was, didn't like it. She, she didn't like the post to say the least. She, um, commented on it. Then she, uh, all these other people started commenting on it and I didn't even know who they were. Mm -hmm. And in a quick, and then, and then my two friends who were with me, like they started commenting on it and then it turned into like an all out flame war, like instantaneously. And I remember just like quickly, like pulling down the post and I texted the woman who worked with my husband. I just texted her and I said, Hey, please stop. And that opened her spiraling. Um, so, so much so. And I got what, what came to be is she started, um, incessantly texting me, incessantly texting me hate, um, saying a whole bunch of things. She attacked my weight. She attacked my marriage. She just like instantly just unleashed all of it for days. Like I'm talking scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling of just hate. And what I learned is that she had taken a screenshot of my profile and posted it in this influencer's private Facebook community and pointed so everybody. Influencer that you had shared their video. Yes. Um, and pointed all of that, those members to me. And so that's 
who was coming after me. She shared my phone number. So I was getting text messages. She shared my personal email address. She shared my Facebook account, all of it. And for probably, I would say probably for a solid month, I was like daily getting hundreds of messages, hundreds of phone calls, hundreds of emails into my inbox. And it was just like startling. It was startling. I mean, I think that sounds terrifying. Were you scared for your personal safety? I mean, this is someone that you actually knew who this was. This is someone mm -hmm. who worked with your husband. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, at first I just thought, um, I mean, my, my like parenting lens came on. I thought like, Oh, she's just mad. Like, just like ignore it. Right. And then um, I remember the more I ignored it, the bigger she got, which I know is like, I know behaviorally what's happening. Um, and, and like, logically I know what's happening. Um, but then it just wouldn't stop. And I remember I reached out onto a community here in Richmond and um, a lawyer messaged me and said, let me write a cease and desist letter and let me send it to her. Um, and so she did it. So thankfully I felt so supported in these communities um, while this was happening. And it's weird now, probably this has been done. I mean, not done. This was a, about a year and three months ago that this happened. Um, the perspective that I have on it now is even interesting talking back and, and going back into that place. Cause it was scary. It was frightening. It caused a lot of strife between my husband and I, because uh, this was bringing in drama that he wasn't even prepared for. And I was like, I wasn't even prepared yeah. for this. It was like instant, like right in your face. And I remember thinking at the time, <laughs> wow, this is what Oprah feels. Wow. This is what Donald Trump feels on the reg. <laughs> like, wow, this is what all these people feel. And like, holy moly, like that's big. It's big. Yeah, it totally is blindsiding and very triggering, I can imagine, to have that level of negativity and not just negativity, but full-on harassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was harassment. There was, um, there was many letters sent. There were two police reports happening. Um, this one on, I think like the, the part that was so intense is that it went on actively until this July. So just up until July, it was active daily harassment, active daily. I had to change my phone number. We, we, um, we've moved. Jason left that job. The woman actually got fired from the job. There are so many things that have happened in the course of this year. And going back to that first moment, that first moment when it happened, I remember thinking, I should give up. Like, I shouldn't do this. I remember without Jason knowing, I went and I applied for a Capital One job. I went and decided that I was going to go through because I had a home office. I could work from home. I would just go and do that instead because it would be a, sal- a salary. It would be benefits. It'd be just so easy. And I remember getting the job and coming out to Jason and saying like, so you didn't know this, but I applied for this job and I got it. So I should just do this. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you going to do? Go work at Capital One and in like six months get upset that they're not like treating their employees right? And then what are you going to do? Quit and start your own business? <laughs> he was like, don't you think you should just like stick it out a little bit longer? And I remember being like, God, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, that is what's going to happen. And so I was faced with like either give up 
and face like that, those feelings or like lean into like, this is an obstacle that's pushing you towards something better. Like Oprah, I'm going to keep bringing her into my life. You know, like lean in and learn these skills so that you can show up because you do have a big, bold message, but it was frightening. So it's frightening going through that. I love that you mentioned a couple of things. Um, one, you leaned into your communities that you have. And something I'm exploring right now is the difference between communities that you just join, where people just, you know, show up, ask questions, but they're not really support systems versus communities that you truly belong to. That when you show up with something like this, they actively say, hey, we've got your back. How can we help you? How can, you know, you lean on Mm -hmm. us right now? So tell me a little bit about the communities that you leaned into, like, what made them different that gave you that support system? Yeah, that's a great question. I, unbeknownst to me, had been building these communities as, as I went, right? Like I was part of a couple mini masterminds, actually two Swiss strategists, Sammy and Naomi, we met and we would talk about this, this sort of thing. And I would look and I would say, Hey guys, I know we're on the same page. I know we know like where we're all going, but like, I'm really feeling scared right now. And being able to say that vulnerably and then being like, okay, well, what's going to get you through it? What do you need from us? How can we support? What are you going to do tomorrow? Text me tomorrow. That accountability piece was huge for me. Um, Leaning into in person, leaning into my clients and sharing it with them. I shared it on my Instagram story, which was for like the first time I shared about what was happening. I got so many messages being like, we had no idea this was happening. We had no idea. And I remember uh, I joined um, another different um, group, a business centered group around mindset because I've learned like, oh, I got to do this. I got to get really like entrenched in getting that clear. And in doing so, I launched my course in August and then I went to go relaunch again in January. And I was feeling so scared. I had reached out to every single person of my support and I said, look, I'm scared, but I don't let me back down from this. Like call Megan is saying she wants this. <laughs> Freaked out Megan is saying like, I'm going through a war right now. And I reached out to... um another community leader. And, um, I said, told her what was happening. And she said to me, you know, when people do this, they're triggering you because it's what you're saying about yourself. And when she said that to me and held that mirror up for me, I had to take inventory and I had to take stock of why was I giving this person all of my power? Why was I giving this person rights to dictate over my life. She wasn't my ideal client. She wasn't my, she wasn't my community. She's never been a client. She's not someone that I have to put stock in her opinion. Like, why was I? And I thought, oh my gosh, I had to get very clear because the things that I was very nervous about was I am not a parent, but I'm a parent coach. And so that was a story I was telling myself. You can't be a good parent coach because you're not a parent. Um, You know, business owner, you're not a real business owner. Like that was you know, you're charging way too much. Like you're exploiting people. Those were the stories that I was telling myself. And I had to realize that like, in order to get through that, I had to get really clear on those stories and really make sure that those stories are driving the, the story that I want for my life. 
and taking that ownership over it, like back in January, almost a year ago, that was just like the pivot that I needed. It was just so, so much. So I embarked on like this project that I started doing um, called writing the uh, love note to my inner bully because I realized that that's who that person was for me, right? She was calling out all of these darkness parts of me. She was calling about all of these parts that I didn't want to look at. I didn't want to, to kind of reconcile within myself. She was calling all those out in a big way, like constantly in my inbox. And so I realized something that the belief I hold for children is that when children are acting out, they're missing a need. They're not a bully. It's not fair to label them as a bully they're giving you signals that they need help and love and support and new tools. And that's what this woman was. But in, in, so she was mirroring back the inner bully in myself that I needed to love and give tools and give support and not more hate and punishment. So that's, I I went spiraling there for a second. I just, I think finding support and finding the right support and not finding people who, um, you know, there was another friend of mine, very close friend of mine. And when it, I was telling her about this and she had heard, she was part of this, she was in it with me. And she asked me another question. And she said, what are you getting out of this? Yeah. What are you getting out of being the victim here? What's that bringing you? And I thought, oh, what a powerful, like uncomfortable question to sit with. And I was so thankful that she said that too, because I didn't want to be the victim. I wanted to, sh- to, to have a bigger impact. I wanted to own my story. I wanted to take back that control. So for me, going through that was people not just kind of um, like uh, keeping me small, but helping say like, no, girl, here's your armor and we're supporting you. We're building the army behind you because we believe in you. That's what it was for me. And I love how you leaned into you know, your little mastermind groups that you've created for yourself and surrounded yourself with these people who you've met along this journey, reached into local communities, reached out to other people who could give you this support. And the letter that you wrote to your inner bully, I remember reading that and just being like, whoa, this is serious. And it's such a great exercise because I think that's what we all fear when it comes to visibility. We fear someone calling out our own insecurities and it hurts so much because these are the things that we're saying to ourselves. Yeah. And this whole year was me reconciling all of those stories, all of those stories. So what I love is that out of this, and now that we're a bit past it, you have reconciled some of these stories. Cause I remember one of the biggest things that was triggering you and that you had to grapple with was you are not a parent. Mm-hmm. And you had posted a couple things out asking for, you know, feedback and insight for people saying, you know, you're not a parent, but you know, what does that mean for you as a parenting coach? And I remember reading all these and I'm pretty sure <laughs> I posted on there too. Yeah. Um, and it was so amazing to see you like going through this process of unraveling these insecurities and realizing that the thing that was an insecurity was actually a strength for you. Yeah. And I, as you're saying it, I saw where this was going and it just is so baffling to me. And that's what lights me up now that anything that like someone, whenever I hear a limiting belief now with someone else, I'm like, Oh, let's nope. Let's, let's remove that because that's, that's you holding yourself back. And 
I think back to like when we first met, when we were sitting on that couch and all of Megan sitting there as like a fresh business owner holding on to so many bags of insecurities and now standing as someone who just keeps taking the steps, right? Just keep taking the steps and keep asking for help and being open to hearing hard things and being open to looking at hard obstacles as these lessons to walk through so that you can get to where you're going. And where you're, where I'm going is like freedom. Where I'm going is living um, a purely enjoyable life. Where I'm, where I'm walking is feeling supported and having myself be surrounded by people who cheer and support me too. I guess living my truth. That's what I want. Yes. And it's just been amazing to watch. So now you've launched a podcast recently. <laughs> the title of it is? Megan is not a parent, but. And I like, it's so full circle, right? It's so full circle. It's so awesome. And, uh, you know, it, it, this is, it's funny. Cause when I had this idea a few months ago, I like posted it out on social media and it's interesting because some people were like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yes. And then another, um, another part, uh, the people who are very close to me, who, um, I'm going to call her out, Tammy, Tammy was one of them. And Jason, my husband, Jason, people who were really in the trenches with me when they knew how badly, like they heard all of my insecurities, they heard everything about me. Every, everything about it going through it. And I told them the name of my podcast and they're like, Megan, no baby. Like you, you're good. Like you don't need to say that. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is from a place of empowerment. This is me saying like, guess what? I'm not a parent, but I can still talk about this. I'm not a parent, but I can show up in this way. I can help you and your family. And I took the name because that's how people found me. They would say, you know, Tammy referenced you. She said you're not a parent, but that you know how to do this. She would, you know, we know that you're not a parent, but like I took it from them. And I said, oh, that's how my people are identifying me as like, let's just break this down. Either you want a parenting coach who's a parent and that's not me, or you can be open to hearing about it. And then you are for me. Like it's that gateway. It's so amazing. And so full circle right? And I don't think this means for anyone listening, it doesn't mean you have to take the insecurity that you're getting, no. you know, triggered by with all your visibility and turn it into your podcast name or the name of your book. But I think the point that I really want to drive home here is when you are feeling that negativity, you get the negative comment, you get the negative feedback on something. Um, if it's triggering you in some way, if it's bringing up all the feels, if it's making you doubt yourself, it is because they are highlighting something that you feel insecure about already. And we need to get to the root of that in order to move you forward. Because visibility is not optional when you are an entrepreneur and business owner. You can't hide under a rock and expect that your business is going to flourish. No, no. And you don't want to hide under a rock. And uh, I'm going to add pintail, something that helped me when going through this, it was very emotional. It was very triggering. Um, but, but understanding two, two things, one, um, 
any, any press is good press, right? Like anything in the algorithm, if someone's like hate watching your Facebook videos, they don't, Facebook doesn't know. Facebook is like, wow, this video is really engaging. Let me show it to them more. Uh, so when I could think of it from like an analytical sense of like, oh, okay. Like Facebook doesn't care. It's just helping me broadcast more. Like SEO is SEO. Facebook hit or website hits. Like, thank you for boosting my website. Um, and then the second was um, how powerful, like having a strong message can be a magnet and that magnet, like I want to attract those people. So standing in there, just a dovetail, like when I could think of those two things from a non-emotional place, it was helpful. Like, Oh, what am I attracting to me? And how is this boosting my SEO? Yes. I am so grateful that you joined me today because I think this is a message that more women need to hear that you can get to the other side of this. Now you have some tools and some strategies for how to handle when you're getting triggered by anything. You can reach into your communities, build those communities, reach into them. And also the love letter to your inner bully. I think that's so incredibly powerful. As we wrap up today, Megan, I would love to ask you, you know, this journey as I've watched you, you've gone from a you know baby business owner just getting started now to a super confident entrepreneur. So what does being the CEO mean to you? Yeah, being the CEO means being there for yourself and your communities and doing the hard things so that you can grow stronger and do more and be bigger and have a bigger impact. I love that. Thank you so very much for joining me. Everyone, you can follow Meg Ann online at BeKindCoaching.com and your Instagram is at BeKindCoaching. Yes. Mm -hmm. We will link her up. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rachel. I hope you took away so many incredible insights from this conversation. And I want to just highlight a few things because this conversation applies to each of us. We all have an inner bully. We all have an inner mean girl or an inner critic who is holding us back from showing up the way we need to for our business. A few things that Megan said that really, really resonated with me. The first thing is when this was happening, she reached out to her people. This is different than just posting in a random Facebook group where you don't really have connections, right? This is reaching out to people who know you, who are champions for you, who are really going to hold you up. And she reached out in multiple places. She reached out in groups that she was a part of and organizations that she was a part of. She reached out to her own business BFFs. She reached out to individuals who could support her and give her insight and really reflect back to her that this person was wrong and that she wasn't crazy for thinking this person was wrong, that she wasn't wrong for sharing her message. So having that community is so crucially important and it cannot be discounted. I think this is something that we tend to think we have community because we belong to a lot of different Facebook groups or we know a lot of people online, but I really want to encourage you to take those conversations and those connections to the next level. If you haven't truly started 
finding those business BFFs and nurturing those relationships and really getting to know people, then you won't have those people in your corner. So that is something I just think is so, so, so crucially important. The second big takeaway that I love, I feel like this is something anyone going through a big visibility up level can go ahead and do ahead of time, knowing that it's going to bring up all of your stuff, is to write that letter to your inner bully. She's actually turned this into a journal. She's writing this letter to her inner bully all the time. And in different types of coaching or therapy, they actually call this parts work where you're writing letters to the different parts of yourself that are showing up trying to keep you safe and small. They're truly think, these parts of ourselves truly think they're protecting us. But by keeping us safe and small, by keeping us from doing the bold thing, they are holding us back and they're going to really limit the impact that we can make. So I really encourage you to write that letter to your inner bully. And think about from their perspective, not just that they are bullying you for the sake of bullying you, but they truly are trying to, this inner part of yourself is trying to keep you safe and small. Safety is the key word here. This is all so fascinating once you dig into it. But what are they afraid of? What are they afraid of will happen? What does it mean to them if you show up in this way? It means that they are wrong right? And that their perspective, their point of view is based in something that's not true. So I really loved this exercise and I encourage you to write that letter to your inner bully. The final thing that I really want you to take away is don't be afraid to show up and don't be afraid to say the bold thing. Bold messaging is so important if you are trying to make change in the world. And often we tend to want to dial it down because we don't want to make waves. We don't want to make anyone mad at us. We don't want to have anybody um, say mean things to us, right? We don't want to be criticized for what we're talking about. But if there isn't some sort of polarity, then you cannot attract. If you think about a magnet, one side of it is attracting and the other side of it is repelling, If you do not have some sort of polarity, it is very hard to attract people because you're neutral. So think about what is the bold thing you want to say about your industry, about the work that you are doing? What is the bold thing that you really want people to know? Taking a stance and making waves a little bit is actually going to help you in your business. And it will repel people who were never a perfect fit to begin with. It will repel people who were never going to buy from you. And they might speak up and say something that you don't like, but just keep in mind, they aren't paying your bills. It will attract the people who are nodding their head and saying, yes, this is what I want to hear. This is what I believe. So I can't wait to hear your insights on this one. Make sure you head over to Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram. Tag me at rachel.cook, tag Megan at BeKindCoaching and let us know what are your biggest insights, ahas and takeaways from this episode. For the latest episodes and full show notes, head over to rachelcook.com slash show. 
If you don't want to miss any future episodes of Promote Yourself to CEO, make sure you are subscribed to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and now Google Play, um, wherever else you might be listening to podcasts. If we've missed one and you have a preferred podcast provider, head over to Instagram and let me know so that we can get you hooked up. Shout out to Jameson Cook from JCC Podcast Production for producing and editing the show. Go check him out at jamesoncook.com to bring your podcast to life. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. Talk soon. Thank you.